Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, June 21st, 2021. Happy official summer. Yesterday was Yay. Father's Day and the first day of summer. Uh, I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. If you did not get enough of us from this upcoming episode, you can <laughs> go sorry. back in the Patreon <laughs> feed and you can hear an entire This Week on Broadway with Ashley, Grace, and me. It was a whole lot of fun. We got into the weeds yeah. in terms of In the Heights stuff. Had a nice long 30, 40-minute conversation about In the Heights. We also talked about what might still be coming to Broadway this fall. We talked about the HBO original adaptation of Oslo, which I liked more than Ashley and Grace did. Yeah. And we also talked about last week's Glimmer of Light concert that Grace attended at Radial Park in Queens. So check out that episode in your feed, whether that is Patreon or the regular feed. Of course, if you are uh, a member of our Patreon, you got that episode as soon as it went live as we will with every single episode. And as we mentioned on This Week on Broadway, we're going to kind of be making some changes as that is kind of like a line of demarcation of to how we will be doing reviews moving forward and right. uh, and all that stuff as things start to get back to normal-ish with theaters reopened. But of course, you can quote, head over to... Quote, unquote, pa- normal. <laughs> yeah, normal. I threw the ish on the end there. Yeah. Um, but of course, if you want to be a part of our Patreon, you can head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio or broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. Patreon. We are going to have a fairly short episode of today on Broadway because, first off, there ain't just that much to talk about. It, there's not a lot of news. But yeah. secondly, at the end of this episode, we have a special interview that Grace, who is not on this episode, did with the one and only Mason Alexander Park. Uh, actually, I feel like you and I have talked about um, Mason fairly yeah, we recently. Love them. Yeah, we, they are absolutely about, it amazing. Was, it was in regard to uh, the cabaret casting and. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, if you do not know Mason, they are a star of stage and screen. They were the standby in the national tour of Hedwig and the Angry Inch. They are now becoming a TV star. But before we get into all of that, um, they have a concert coming up this Saturday at the Green Room 42. Tickets are available. So Grace and um, uh, and Mason talk about that. If you don't know, if you are a nerd like me, you probably already know that Mason plays Grin in the upcoming Netflix um, live-action adaptation of the uh, famed anime series Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. Um, They are also playing Desire in the live-action adaptation of Neil Gaiman's iconic uh, graphic novel series The Sandman. So So, excited. Yeah, they are having um, a moment, to be sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, later this week, I have an interview that I already recorded with the great Grace McLean to promote the uh, Night of a Thousand Judies, um, which benefits the Ali Forney Center, which um, will be coming up on Thursday night. So that episode will be dropping, I believe, on Wednesday. So lots of good stuff coming up in the feed this week. All right, Ashley, let's get into a little bit of news that we do have. First up, in a New York Times um, article, Andre DeShields announced that he will be returning to Broadway this September. The article has to do with... um, a lot of other things he is getting ready to play King Lear in the St. Louis Shakespeare Festival over the summer, which we have talked yeah. about in the past. He talks about the fact that he wants to play this role um, again, but before he does, he will be returning to his Tony winning role of Hermes in Hades Town when it returns to the Broadway this coming September. 
um, uh, very exciting. You know, there was a lot of conversation around many of the the principals in Hades Town about whether or not they would be returning, and if they were doing so, they yeah. would need to be some sort of changes from the production and presumably from Ju Jampson in terms of how they dealt with um, equality and representation and things like mm-hmm. that. We have seen this be very successful with casts and companies demanding these types of changes. We saw it with Diana, um, yep. and I assume with a cast, a, a principal cast that is made up of, and cast in general actually, that is made up more of people of color than white people, that they're probably, yeah. it was a pretty good chance that they were able to get some sort of concessions, whether those are actually made public or not. Right. Who knows? But um, uh, very excited for for Andre to be coming back to Hades because so much you know, so. as as great as anybody doing it would be, having anybody other than Andre say I for the first uh, time to welcome back an audience uh, would just not feel right, Ashley. I can't wait. I think I'm seeing it like three days after it opens again. And that's like the that and Patty doing Ladies Who Lunch again are the moments I'm most excited about mm-hmm. in this season. I can't I can't wait for that. Uh I, that he's he, to me he he's so ingrained in that role at this point which is fascinating because he didn't originate it technically right. um but he's so ingrained in that to me that I currently can't imagine anybody else doing that. Like I can cast other people in some of those roles. I can't figure out who, you know, would replace Amber no, ever. You can't um, never. But I definitely have like other dream casts for that show, and I just don't have anything. I don't have anybody to replace Amber, and I don't have anybody to put, replace Andre. So yeah, extremely I, excited. See, I'm actually more. I have a ton of ideas for who can replace Andre, but. Like, I think you could do it. It would just be such a different direction. And again, yeah. like, I feel like his direction is, you know, it's the show at this point. Yeah, I just don't know that anybody can replace Amber. I just, I don't understand that's that. A, but that's a difficult one. Yeah. But of course, the, as you mentioned, the role was originated by Chris Sullivan off Broadway, who is a very different yeah. type. He's the yeah. uh, the big white bald guy on This Is Us, who's one of, he's yeah, one yeah. of the, the, the principal lead characters on This Is Us, um, which obviously he left to do, you know, one of the most successful TV shows on, uh, on <laughs> network. Um, so he's doing well, but. He's doing all right. Yeah. yeah, he's doing fine. It's a very different take, and it's a good take, but it's just like it's that's Andre to me now. Like, yeah, they're I, they're they're intertwined. See, I want to kind of see like some big brassy queens of R and B do that role. Like, Ooh, I don't think it needs to be a that'd man. That'd be very fun. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely you know, not. Like, throw in you know some Gladys Knight or Patti LaBelle or somebody doing that. Oh I think God. that would be really fun. But that'd be great. Anyway, you mentioned seeing Patti LaPone do The Ladies Who Lunch. We also right. got some news around company um, as Kyle Dean Massey, who was playing, I think, Theo. Is that his character's mm-hmm. name? One of the quote-unquote boyfriends for Katrina Link's Bobby. He announced that he will not be returning to the company when it reopens on Broadway um, later this year towards the end of the year in December. He he and his husband, Taylor Frey, are expecting their first child this fall. And I think they Yay. might have actually 
relocated to Las Vegas. Um, oh, maybe. But um, he put out on Instagram that he will not be returning. He talks about how much he loved getting to work with that entire group, with the creatives, the actors, the musicians, the crew. Um, but he will be withdrawing, although he's sad to do it. He is very much looking forward yeah. to not only his first child, but also the spectacular return of the show um, to Broadway. Ashley, you and I and Grace were actually talking about this at the end yeah. of our recording for this week on Broadway. Do you have any thoughts about replacement casting here? A lady. <laughs> yeah. please, first- please make Bobby overtly by and not just vaguely in another hundred people. Yeah. I mean, in another hundred people, you know, spoilers, another hundred people, she's like going on dates with people and of all genders. So it's there. It's just not there. There's no there there. Yeah. Um, There's no there there. We talked about like and we've talked about this on the show before, so I'm repeating myself, but like when this was first announced in London, I was like, oh cool, they're gonna make Bobby bye. Nope. Mm. Or actually, you know what? I actually thought they would just make her gay. Like I actually didn't consider any of the under other gender swaps. I thought it was just going to be Bobby who was gender swapped. Um, yeah. and so everybody that Bobby dated would be women. Um, be that's not the case. Um, obviously they've made changes. Um but they also have to do you know, male or female or or neither um, or both, they need to have somebody who is a person of color in this role. As yeah. we talked about before, this Please. cast is super duper white. Yeah, it's very um, white. So after coming out of this, I feel like this might be an opportunity for them to do some of these casting things that they probably should have done from the beginning. It's a relatively small role compared to the other boyfriends or whatever people Bobby's dating. It's the smallest of the three. So, I mean, them not doing anything other than casting a white guy is absurd to me because, I mean, that's kind of the thing, it seems, with, you know, any casting. It's like, let's give the smallest role imaginable to the actual people of color or women or whatever. Yeah, so um, this one is the... Let's see. Um, this is the Kathy role. So it's the Donna McKechnie role from yeah. the original Chrissy um, Whitehead from the New York Philharmonic that I saw. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not Marta. It's not April who are kind of right, the exactly. known ones. Um, doesn't yeah. get a song. Doesn't get a song. That's the thing. Like you know, Marta gets in PJ in the show. gets another hundred people. Um, April, April gets Barcelona. Now Andy. Andy. Yeah. Uh, Barcelona. Yeah. So it's, you know, they get, you can drive a person crazy, the three of them together, but otherwise there's not a song for yeah. Theo. Okay. Lots of good things. Uh, company, new casting directors and producers and everybody don't screw this up. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> we also got some other news about the show that will be opening first on Broadway, which actually opens up this Saturday. And that is Springsteen on Broadway. Last week, actually, I think you and I talked about their vaccine requirements last week, yep. right? Yep. So there's already been changes. We said that there would be changes. There are changes. Following amended New York State guidelines, Springsteen on Broadway has announced that the production is now permitted to welcome guests who are fully vaccinated with an FDA or World Health Organization approved vaccine. This announcement obviously comes after a recent controversy that arose when the production announced (laughs) that it would only allow patrons who have been vaccinated with the U.S. approved vaccines, which is the Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson. Obviously, the very popular AstraZeneca Oxford vaccine, which is very popular in Canada and the U.K., as well as other countries in Europe, Asia, and obviously Australia as well, was left out. 
that has been changed. So as long as a vaccine has been approved by the FDA or the World Health Organization, Springsteen on Broadway will gladly take your thousand dollars to sit in <laughs> uh, in the St. James Theater. Yeah, great. I mean, I'm happy about this. It's It works out for everybody. My only concern is just like... This was such a quick walk back, I guess. Uh, so I'm, I'm a little anxious to begin with, with the season and how things are going to be handled, especially as far as like vaccinated audiences. Uh, and if that will be requ- required of, of proof that you're fully vaccinated. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm a little tentative as far as this was announced and then like a day later kind of have to walk it back and expand some stuff because people got mad. And keep in mind, this was not. Springsteen on Broadway's decision, as they said initially, they were following direction from New York State. So this is all because of changes from New York State. So um, I I, honestly, it makes sense. I don't know the science, but it makes sense. Like if if the (laughs) we're not scientists, I know that's surprising, but we're not scientists. No, God, not only are we not scientists, we are not tech experts, which brings us to our uh, sponsor for this (laughs) week. Beautiful segue. And yeah. As I've said, for my age bracket, I've always considered myself above average when it comes to being tech savvy. I was um, a preteen, early teen tween when the internet started becoming uh, accessible in the home full time. But as I've gotten older, the more difficult it has become for me to keep up with all of the changes online, especially when it comes to safety. But one thing that I've learned in recent years, especially through their sponsorship of Broadway Radio, is that the internet without ExpressVPN is not a fun place to be. It is like going out in the rain without a raincoat. It gets messy really, really quickly. <laughs> that almost felt like you were going to go into Alanis Morissette. <laughs> it's like <laughs> was, rain. Exactly. There was a touch of that there. Yeah, it's a complicated world and it's especially complicated online. Internet service providers like Comcast and Verizon, they know every single website you visit. And those ISPs can sell the, that information to ad companies and tech giants who use that data to target you. Obviously not good. You don't want that. No, not at all. Um, when it comes to saying staying secure online, ExpressVPN is your best option, which is why it is rated the number one VPN by CNET, Wired, and The Verge. It creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device, whether that's phone, tablet, laptop, smart TV, even a router, which lets you get everybody in your home on the same Wi-Fi, and then connects you to the rest of the World Wide Web, and nobody can see what's going on on your online. So good. You could watch things from different countries, like we talk about, we've talked about in the past, like national theater stuff. You can connect to UK stuff. You want to watch Follies 7,000 times, as I have, from NT Live? You got to use ExpressVPN. Yeah, secure your online activity by visiting expressvpn.com slash broadwayradio and do it today. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash Broadway Radio, and you can get an extra three months free. One more time, that's expressvpn.com slash Broadway Radio. All right, that's all the news that we have. So we're going to turn it over to Grace and her interview with Mason Alexander Park. Don't forget, they have a concert coming up this Saturday at the Green Room 42. Tickets are available. We will have a link in the show notes um, if you would like to purchase tickets. Having seen them at Robbie Rizell's concert um, show um, at at, um, 54 Below. They are fantastic. They are amazing. I am very jealous of people who are going to get to go to this concert. Mason is also going to be a guest on uh, Grace's podcast, uh, Tell Me on a Sunday. So stay tuned for that as well. 
somebody if you try to record it. It sounds terrible. It sounds like you're underwater. I don't know why these are so expensive for you like not to be able to hear the person talk. Because Apple says like, hey, we're going to give you like it's like it's literally the hand job of all of this. It's just them being like, you know what I'm saying? They're like just a little and yeah. then finish it out yourself. Right. So, exactly. Oh my whatever. god. Yeah. <laughs> this is awful. Um, I feel like that's just kind of like my go-to phrase for most things, to be frank. <laughs> I love it. No, it's a, it is a, a very grotesque visual that makes me I, immediately sad because I know, I know the exact <laughs> feeling of what that is. Yeah. Oh we, my all, God. we all love a sad hand job. We all love a sad, sloppy, non-energized hand job. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> oh, we sense. shall begin. Yeah. Uh, welcome to Broadway Radio. I don't know um, if you're familiar, but like we couldn't, we kind of do the show every single day talking about like what's coming up. And mm-hmm. everyone at Broadway Radio was so elated that you were doing your solo show Pansy Craze at Green Room 42 again. <laughs> like literally, it was all in, the, it was literally in the group chat being like, okay, well, here we go. Like, this is, this is so exciting. Cause, um, you know, you've got so many wonderful projects coming up that, you know, the world is excited about because a lot of them are on streaming platforms that everyone gets, you know, as, as artists and creators, a lot of times we do things that we're like, okay, I hope that you could catch me in Pittsburgh, you know, at the CLO, if you couldn't, that sucks, you know, but sometimes you create amazing work and then like, so, so few of your friends get to see it. And so when you get to do a show, like at green room, it's kind of, like cool like people can see it i can videotape it you know i can i can put it out there tell me why you wanted to bring pansy craze back to new york for the first time in almost a year have had like a little bit of time off you know june Mm -hmm. is shaping up to be a month of pretty much just laying low so i was excited at the thought of performing live again mainly because i've been sort of caught in this film and television cycle and any theater person knows that like you can only there's only a certain amount of time I think that you can spend away from doing something that is live and theatrical before you sort of start to crumble and lose your all sense of self <laughs> um, and it's like I don't get me wrong I love working in in television um, and mm-hmm. I'm so excited and honored to be a part of the the shows that I am on at the moment but nothing beats you know having the immediate see and the connection with an audience and so i'm uh, that was one of the main reasons and also you know pride month and just trying to create more um varied representation and content out there for people that are interested in learning more about the various facets of our community of the lgbtqia plus community um you know because i think especially in new york theater a lot of the stories that we see our very, you know, cis, white, and male-centered... Sorry, this um, just in from Mason, um, <laughs> letting me know that most stories <laughs> are about cis, white, men. I'm confusing, um, but I will go with I it. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> I really hate to burst the bubble for you. I'm really... I'm so sorry that... <laughs> that I'm the one to report the news, but, but yeah, it's like, even, even in queer things, even in queer art, you know, a lot of it's centered around, um, 
around around gay men, which you know, uh, many of whom I love and adore. But it is it is uh, there is a huge huge empty space in the market for you know trans and non-binary and gender non-conforming artists, especially artists of color, to you know continue to tell their own stories. So why not make a, make a, a little show about it? Yeah, yeah, no, no, I appreciate it. I was also wondering if you were keeping like the exact same like story structure slash song structure, if you've added new pieces, uh, if you've changed around some of the material. A lot of it's different this time around. Um, it, we were really w- kind of workshopping an idea that I've had for a long time. The Pansy Craze is kind of a bit um, historical in a sense. You know, it's about a time period in the late 20s and 30s where Pansy performers were lauded as like the, a very, very popular kind of performance artist. It was around the time that burlesque and all of these things were sort of happening in underground clubs during Prohibition. And queer performance artists really became you know, uh, the the people that everyone of all classes like went to go and see drag performance, you know, um, you know uh, pansy performance, which is really when a someone put on like a tuxedo and, and sort of played queer, played like visual gayness in a way. And it was just like a huge thing. And, uh, and I've always been fascinated with the idea that we've gone through so many times in history in which queerness was... Um, really packaged well and consumed by, by, you know, heteronormative society and then tossed to the side immediately after the second that, you know, something shifted and changed. And it's interesting to sort of note all the different times, you know, in the last hundred years where we've sort of gone through that ebb and flow. And, uh, and I think we might be going through another pansy craze now, um, with all the different kinds of, you know, representation of trans people, of non-binary people, of queer people in general that are really, really taking hold in media and hopefully there isn't that you know pullback like there historically has been <laughs> yeah like it, it's so interesting that we're a whole hundred years after this right and yeah. so we're still learning and you know it's, it's always funny to me because I grew up thinking that like oh well if like if they would just like explain it to me if people would just explain it to me and, and now I've learned that it's like um, it's not on other people to, to educate me. It's my job. Uh, so I'm just so thankful that you do share this art form and that you do share this information with the world, as well as like being like, hey, you know, this is just the beginning. Like, go go do your own research. <laughs> and find yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a window of opportunity to sort of hear some amazing, you know, fun songs, songs that I like love that are that are just sort of wrapped up in in gender, you know, play yeah. and euphoria and uh, and sort of telling stories from, yeah, from my own life and, and from moments in history that I feel like we are kind of reliving in, in many strange ways. And, uh, and yeah, it's it's hopefully going to be a very fun evening. <laughs> It's going to be a fun evening. I know it to be true because I have already purchased tickets, but I was wondering because I know that, you know, with, with, uh, all of the precautions and restrictions and everything that green room is so cautiously and incredibly like they're just being great about it. Um, I was wondering if you were still going to have some like guest stars on like last time you had Shannon who I uh, adore <laughs> from uh, Hedwig and everything. And I was like, well, I'm sure this is going to be just Mason. Yeah, I think this one might be. I mean, I have I have some question marks in the air, um, <laughs> just trying to figure it out logistically. You know, if yeah. there is room, because I, I definitely wanted to bring my the, my band together again, and and uh, and so it is hard in a COVID time to sort of plan like a big full out you know thing where you're like, I want to have 
eight guests, you know, I want to bring Eden Espinosa back again and like all that kind of stuff <laughs> that we, we were really excited to do last time. So it, it might just be more centered around me, which is good for everyone, I think, uh, yeah. who, <laughs> who wants to not have the whiplash of like 100 performers coming in and singing, but terrible yeah. for me because my, my chords will be roast beef by the end of the night. I was going to say, then it's just you. And then you're like, okay, I'm literally carrying this on my back. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. okay. That's it's, okay. It's well, all right. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, I really want you to go see the show. If you're, if you do get tickets, you will see me, and that is basically worth the price of admission. Um, it is June 26th, <laughs> and you will catch it um, at the Green Room 42. It's, it's going to be fantastic. I can't wait for this show. And Mason, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank you, thank you. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This Is Ashley. All right, everybody. Don't forget Patreon.com slash Broadway Radio, BroadwayRadio.com slash Patreon. Have a wonderful Monday. Have a great week. And we will be back to talk to you tomorrow. 